welcome to 360 Conversations. This is a podcast featuring powerful conversations with business and well-being thought leaders, experts and founders. We will be digging deep while sharing experience, insights and tips for busy Generation X women seeking ways to strip back, simplify, live intentionally and create space for everyday joy. I'm your host, Tamu Thomas, founder of The 360 Brand. I'm a life coach, speaker, writer, and podcaster too. I am passionate. In fact, I believe that it is my divine assignment to help Generation X women connect with their inner leader, the leader that resides in their emotions, buried by logic and the desire to be good. Logic and being good according to someone else's standards is okay for surviving, but round here, we are in the business of thriving. I use my background in social work, life coach training, and my superpower of loving kindness to help women connect to who they really are so they can expand into themselves fully, embrace their leadership qualities, and relinquish the chaos that exists within the duality of who we are and who we think we should be. My intention for this podcast is to plant seeds and create aha moments that bring you closer to your centre so that you can start to embrace your 360 degrees wholeheartedly. Hello loves, welcome to episode 90 episode 90. Wow. Before I go ahead, how are you doing? I've said this before, but really, how are you doing? There's a lot going on in the world right now. A lot of us are very, very activated. Cortisol levels are raised. Stress is through the roof. I would just invite you to take a moment to put your hand on your heart and take a couple of deep breaths and ask yourself how you are and wait for your body to answer. Don't let the brain get involved with all this analysis and trying to make sense of things. Just ask your body, how am I? What do you need? Today, I am joined by Claudine Thornhill and Claudine and I have a really, for me and I think for Claudine too, it felt like a really healing conversation. So Claudine is an an award-winning, okay, an award-winning nutritional therapist, wellness coach and founder of Claudine J Thornhill Nutrition and she supports women to eat well, feel well and live fully. Claudine's work is around helping women to feel optimal health, to optimise their lives. And she does this through hormone balancing programmes. She provides support to women, support to to women to assist them with connecting to themselves on a deeper level. Her work includes extensive, comprehensive blood testing, so she can get a really good profile of what's going on for you and be able to support you according to your needs. And in this conversation, 
When I originally scheduled this conversation with Claudine, we were going to be talking about nutrition and and immunity. We're in the midst of a global pandemic. Immune systems need to be as strong and buoyant as they can be. And then over the passage of time, there has just been news story after news story that demonstrates how vulnerable black people are, black and brown people are in this world, and how we are still, still in a position where large swathes of the world do not consider us to be human. So Claudine and I talked a bit about the current goings on um, and the many hashtags that represent real people that are flying around. And we had a really nourishing conversation about the ways that we black women, particularly in professional and corporate sectors, can make ourselves ill or have made ourselves ill by the constant code switching, performing, making ourselves fit where we often don't belong so that we can be palatable And so that this palatability means that we won't get discounted by making people uncomfortable. We discuss the many ways in which black people, black women, particularly black women in professional spaces, have learnt to internalise so much so that they make themselves ill, experiencing dis-ease and health conditions such as fibroids and type 2 diabetes are exacerbated. Claudine shares so much wisdom. This was a very informative conversation for anybody and a very healing conversation for black women. Enjoy. So, award-winning nutritional therapist Claudine Thornhill, welcome to 360 Conversations. Thank you, Tammy. It's lovely to be here. It's been a been a while coming because we started I know. a while ago. But yeah, lovely, lovely to be here. So please. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, uh, Claudine and I have talked about doing this episode for a little while. And then we had a date scheduled, but it was in when I was in the middle of COVID-19. It was I was feeling like fast forward break, fast right. forward break. And I thought, you know yeah. what? I don't have space. Uh, right now but I feel like the, t- the time is right now everything yeah, happens yeah. when it's supposed to um, so I'm really glad that you could join us um, and as I said you're um, a nutritional therapist and a health coach um, so Claudine I'm going to ask you this a bit differently if someone was to describe your work how would you want them to describe what you do? I would say essentially it comes down to supporting women to be the best that they can be um, and taking an angle on that from a wellness perspective, specifically nutrition. So really my aim is to help women get in touch with their bodies more, understand their bodies more, connect with their bodies more to be able to increase their awareness, um, understand what their body's trying to tell them, pay attention to that, heed heed those messages and and uh, act on those messages so um really what my focus is on is on women's health women's mm-hmm. health um menstrual cycle issues um um and managing lifestyle issues that come along with that as well but essentially it's around supporting women to really optimize their health and therefore optimize you know their their lives and their well-being mm. 
I love that. I really love that because, I, and I think that we should use language like that far more. There's a lot of conversation. How are you doing? I'm fine. There are some people that talk a lot and it's like very survival talk or very survival based. Mm. I want to hear more conversations about us optimizing our lives in all areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I think as women as well, we can tend to settle. Um, I think we are taught to settle, taught to compromise, taught to put other things first before us. And actually, yeah, my, my, I wouldn't say frustration, that's a strong word, but yeah, I, I don't like to settle. I hate the word fine, actually. If, if I ask somebody something about myself and they say, yeah, it's fine, I, I hate it. You know, mm. I think it's about actually, you know, as far as you can with the resources and time and everything that you've got to just optimise the situation that you're in. So for me, that's, that's around health and wellness. I'm, I'm, I'm writing that down because... Optimize isn't a word I use often, but mm -hmm. there's something that has, I've had a, a, a gentle visceral reaction to oh, the word okay. optimize. Okay. So that's definitely something that's going to be in my lexicon alongside <laughs> joy. We're going to be having um, optimize. Mm -hmm. So you help women to optimize their health, their wellness, their well-being, their lives. What led you to this work? Yeah, it was um, a number of things. I don't think any, you know, any one thing leads us to a particular path. It was a number of things. Um, I would say one of the major influences personally, personally that took me on a path to pay attention to my health and well-being was being diagnosed with an autoimmune condition when I was at university. So I was probably about 19 years old. Wow. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, in my prime, not thinking about my health and my wellness and my body or anything, everything was kind of like ticking along nicely, you know? Um, and then I started to get these, um, pus filled spots on my back and on my legs, um, went to the doctor several times. They couldn't tell me what it was. And, um, it kind of progressed to me getting inflammation on my, feet um particularly my ankles my toes my 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 wrists my knuckles so basically joints um mm. and um after about i would say it was roughly about yeah nine to twelve months I actually went to a and e one time as well because i just didn't know what was going on but yeah working within the nhs to try and get some answers around what was going on no one could, could really answer the questions and then Luckily enough for me, um, I was under my mother's private health care, so I went private, and that's when I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition um, that gave me symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis, and that's where the swelling in my joints and, and everything came from. Um, and went through 12 months of treatment through private health care, which included um, steroids, antibiotics, um, had to take a year out of university. Um, and eventually- Such a young age yeah 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 um and eventually overcame that through the kind of um you know conventional medical system um but it really kind of put a, uh it gave me a wake-up call in terms of you know your health and wellness being really fragile and not taking it for granted at that young age like you said when you know you're not even thinking of those things so that was one of the major things and that started me on a journey to start thinking you know, when I started to get the, the, the lesions on my skin, it was around, okay, what am I putting on my skin? Do I need to stop using this bubble bath? Um, do I need to look, pay attention to the shower gels I'm using? Then it was, okay, but what am I putting in my body? How is that kind of mm -hmm. affecting me as well? So it was slowly over a number of, year, of years going down that, that path. Um, also, another factor was I can't leave out my grandmother 
who unfortunately passed away two months ago as a result of COVID-19. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so that's... Sorry that's, to hear that, Claudine. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, that was difficult, but she was a major influence as well. So a traditional Jamaican woman, you know, she passed away at 94 years old and she had an infinite knowledge of plants and herbs and how they can support you you know so from a very young age I was introduced to herbs like cerise and bitter food (laughs) yeah bitter foods and vegetables and you know just her instilling the principle of if you haven't got time to eat in the morning just have a piece of fruit and Mm -hmm. you know just just things like this um so that was a major influence as well um, Gotta love our old people that can just pick up a, a leaf or something yeah. that looks like tree bark, yeah. boil it up. <laughs> exactly. And and she, you know, when I was going through that autoimmune um, condition, she actually, she lived in Leicester and she came down to London, you know, to kind of get in there and oh. boil up her bitters and, you know, force feed it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so there was that as well. And I would say, uh, the, I would say one of the culminations that really kind of... Um, maybe go full steam ahead was my own kind of work life situation so you know spending a number of years working in a corporate environment and I would say now on reflection I was squeezing myself into spaces and places where I didn't fit basically and doing that for a number of of years with very limited support and resources um, and understanding and um, came to a point where I just had to resign I, I had to resign from the job in a flood of tears I was wow. basically burnt out I, I yeah. think I had was dealing with anxiety I was burnt out resigned from my role and from there um probably about a year later is when I kind of set up my nutrition business and just mm-hmm. went full steam ahead so yeah it's been good a, for been you a, a journey yeah. yeah yeah and you know not to uh, belittle the experience you had at such a young age it's a it's a weird gift to have been given because you changed your life and you're doing things that myself are things that I started to explore in my mid to late 30s and a number of the women I work with are literally at that point now because they have been squeezing themselves in places that are too small and it's now like in their 40s they're like no more so I, I liken it to people wearing a size six and a half when they're a size seven like we all know we all know that that half size can be a killer and have us hobbling to the car from the from the venue so and you um, can even bear it so much you know yeah yeah and it's it's like it's not that you're not growing anymore you're growing in on yourself. So mm. what could be beautiful expansion becomes you just turning in on yourself and in on yourself and, and taking up, so, like you've got no space. Exactly, exactly. And it's just about being being honest with myself, but also being authentically me as well. You know, um, I, I, I had the, the corporate job in the global, you know, multinational company. Yeah. Uh, you know, came tick, with tick, the, tick. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Came with the accolades and came with the admiration of other people. But, you know, being honest with myself, it's not somewhere that I fitted in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Um, so I had to, you know, yeah, be real with myself and just demonstrate myself show up in an authentic way basically yeah. for myself and for the world and this is where I am now so 
yeah. and we thank you for doing <laughs> that because you provide such beautiful work for people so uh outside of your profession like who's who's you know not divulging too much because we all need yeah. to have boundaries but who is claudine what is claudine about tell us um i would say that social justice i think is at the heart of many things that i'm interested in and many things that i do um and i think that comes again from a young age of just being exposed to certain um influences like um people like um Malcolm X, Bob Marley, reading Toni Morrison, people like that um, when I was a teenager. Um, and then, you know, landing my, because I have, I have a background in human resources, so landing my first kind of professional job in uh, Friends of the Earth okay. um, and working for them for a number of years. So, yeah, just really um, interested in equality um, and um, kind of people there being a level playing field regardless of racial racial differences or social economic differences um gender differences and um, that's always been at the heart at my heart mm -hmm. um, so that influences again what i do um i would say i'm also a bit of an inner hippie i have a bit of an inner hippie about about me so mm -hmm. um i'm all about not just when it comes to food but um just generally natural living and not um living sustainably i would say mm -hmm. and I think that's heavily influenced by again by that caribbean background but also by um working environments i've worked in such as friends of the earth um i would say that i am a woman who loves other women so um you know, I don't think I would be here today without women who have played a major role in my life from mm -hmm. family influences to friends, to coaches, to counsellors, you know. Um, yeah, I think when women come together and women support each other and women learn from each other and share our gifts and experiences, I think is a powerful thing. Mm. So that is what I'm also passionate about. Um, and as I've mentioned a couple of times, I think just being a Caribbean women as well and being a woman of the African diaspora just being really proud of that and being proud of the 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 influences that we've had over the world but also um the heritage that we bring along as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. um so speaking of hold on I'm just going to pause a moment so Claudine I, I had something else, but let me go here because you talked about social justice and uh, at the moment we are living in a world whereby a, a number of us, and I, I don't know if it's a large number of us because um, I know that uh, I operate in a bit of an echo chamber, but I'm seeing a lot of people outraged in a new way uh, because there's been a culmination of... Uh, things happen there's been the killing of Ahmad Aubrey by um two white men who almost got away with it with it yeah. if it wasn't filmed in America yeah. then there was the police killing of Breonna Taylor again in America then there's been the news within the COVID-19 um experience of uh in the UK something like 54.9 percent um black and uh brown people in the UK being convicted at 54.9% more, yeah. at a rate of 54.9% more than white people who are doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. There's the disparity in people who are being uh, impacted by uh, COVID-19 related death, mm -hmm. um, where there's more black and brown people that are impacted by it. 
and then we had uh George Floyd which was just like it wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back it was the 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 whole entire massive tree yes. that snapped the camel's back for like the 6000th yeah. time mm-hmm. so what i you know the, the the things that have happened have highlighted things that we live with all the time mm-hmm. and for us it's a bit like uh carbon monoxide it's not enough to kill us, but we can hear the bell ringing in the background yeah. telling us, but no one else can hear mm. that bell unless they come from a similar background. So a lot of us are very activated. Stress is very activated. Um, and so some people are in their fight and flight response. Some people are having like a really low dorsal response and they're in their freeze response. Mm. How can we support ourselves with the heightened level of stress we're experiencing with food. So I'm thinking that the natural tendency, like quite people, often people say, oh, bad food, but let's call it food, immediate gratification food. Yeah. How can we support ourselves with nutrition, mm. dealing with the amount of stress we're dealing with currently? Yeah, I mean, it it's a lot that we are dealing with currently. And I think that, um, you know, even when I, before the George Floyd murder happened um, and I was working through, working with clients just through COVID-19 and being in lockdown and, you know, the stress that came with that, I, and clients were saying to me, oh, my eating patterns, you know, totally off. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, 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 you know, I've thrown off, I've been thrown off my, my food plan and whatnot. And, you know, my emphasis at that time was number one was being kind to ourselves. Um, so it is understandable to an extent or that people will move to instant gratification when it comes to food or when mm-hmm. it comes to other activities because we are in a heightened amount of stress and we're going through a level of trauma. Um, so yeah, we, we can't, I wouldn't want to advise people to kind of put this level of pressure on themselves to, Mm -hmm. to maintain a level of perfection when they're going through something which is so traumatic. Um, But to answer the question at the same time, um, you know, I guess there will come a point for everybody when we take stock and we start to think, okay, what is it that I want to kind of um, learn or or get out of this situation? Um, And when it comes to that point, I would say that, um, I mean, when we are stressed, there are a number of things, there are a number of things that are going on. Our cognitive function is compromised. Um, so that's, you know, that's around our brain health and our focus and things like that. Um, our immune system is, is compromised as well. Um, so if we want to look at what we can eat to kind of address those kind of issues, it's things like um, some of the simple things that we can be doing is getting in enough fruit and vegetables. Mm-hmm. I, I would advise getting in between five and eight vegetables per day, different vegetables per day. Those would be um, with an emphasis on leafy green vegetables, but also of a range of colors. Um, we also want to look at getting in antioxidants. So um, when we are stressed, if you think about an apple, when you, when you cut open an apple and an mm-hmm. apple turns brown, it's turned brown because of its level of exposure to oxygen. And that's what happens naturally when we 
you know, through our natural um, life cycle when we breathe in oxygen. But when we're in a stressful state, that can happen even more. So we want to get in antioxidants that can fight that free radical damage. That's what's taking place. So foods like um, berries, blueberries, dark chocolates, um, nuts like walnuts, things like that. Um, when we're stressed as well, energy levels can be depleted. So we want to make sure we're getting in B vitamins. So that helps us convert our food into fuel and keep us energized. Um, so that can be things like orange, orange foods like sweet potatoes, pumpkins, squash, also things like oats and whole grains as well. Um, what else? Magnesium that can be depleted when we're in a stressful state as well. And magnesium is a is a um, a nutrient that will help to actually just bring a level of calm within the body and supports our nervous system so magnesium um, goes back to that dark those dark green leafy vegetables that i mentioned before dark chocolate and um, also salt as well um, himalayan sea salt and things like that um what else i'll mention just a couple more um but mm -hmm. our probiotics which many people have heard about um but our digestive system can be compromised when we're in a stressful state as well if you think about that fight or flight response you know our body isn't interested in really digesting food or absorbing nutrients it's a, it's it's interested in getting away from whatever threat it perceives is is in front of us so um supporting our digestive health with things like the vegetables that i mentioned before but also probiotics um, and prebiotics which will feed that healthy gut bacteria um, which you'll get from vegetables as well mm -hmm. um, and another one I'll just mentioned is um, tryptophan so that's a um, it's a nutrient that helps to convert um, into serotonin which is our feel-good chemical mm -hmm. um, so foods like um, turkey chicken bananas nuts seeds they can they contain tryptophan and can help just to elevate our moods if we are mm. in um yeah dealing with stress tryptophan joy creator i'm <laughs> available for it literally just yesterday i was speaking to somebody and um, i was talking about um how uh taking krill oil and magnesium my nighttime magnesium tablets i've been sleeping really well even mm. though i felt quite restless or, or whatever and i was like magnesium is like um, healthy middle class hippie cannabis. <laughs> it has yeah. a similar kind of like chill yeah. uh, kind of vibe, but without yeah. all the other stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I love love magnesium, and you know you can take it in through um, baths as well. So Epsom salt baths or Epsom mm -hmm. salt soaks, and take it in through the soles of the feet as well. But yeah. Mm, okay uh noted thank you um and speaking about your your work and as we're in the lane of race um a, a couple of years ago uh, my friend Leah and i when we used to have this platform motherhood reconstructed which was about sharing the experiences of black, uh, black british mothers mm. we did a um, workshop for black girl fest and our workshop was about pregnancy childbirth and, and motherhood and uh we we asked Rhea Thomas, who is on Instagram as the Dr. Mummy. She is a um, obstetrician. I think she's still doing some level of training. I don't think she's completely, right. uh, but she delivers babies and she's in theatre and she does all of that. She's a right. font of knowledge. And we thought we want somebody that is a medical expert to be with us because we're talking, because it was in response to the... Um, I've forgotten what it's called, but the research that came out about black mothers being five times more likely to die uh, 
during childbirth. Yeah. Um, and so Ria was sharing a whole load of information about factors or, or um, illnesses, health compromises, whatever you want to call them, that black women are more susceptible to because of our makeup. Yeah. Um, and I note that you do a lot of work with people that have things like um, type 2 diabetes, weight around the middle, fibroids. Mm -hmm. And what my experience is, and this could partly be, and this is why I'm checking out with you because I'm a black African woman and I know lots of black women of African descent, but there's a lot of type 2 diabetes, weight around the middle and fibroids within black women, black communities. Mm -hmm. Is there a link? What is this about? I know, I know. Um, so yeah, these things are more prevalent in black communities. Um, I would, mainstream medicine, if you were to ask a, uh, a doctor, would say that they don't have all the answers or they don't know why there is, a, uh, there is more prevalence within black communities. Um, but yeah, there are. Generally, um, I, I have a few, you know, um, based on studies and then based on kind of intuition i have a i have a view so um environment does play definitely play a role environmental environment and lifestyle factors so um diabetes for example type 2 diabetes is mainly classed as a lifestyle disease because it is around your level of exercise your diet your level of stress um, those can all play a role in how insulin is operating in the body um, and how you use energy when you when you eat food, how you use those energies and how that energy goes into your muscles. So, um, yeah, generally type 2 diabetes is described as a lifestyle disease. And for black people who are living in the UK and maybe eating and, you know, even white people would, you know, call the standard um, Western diet a sad diet the standard american diet that the acronym stands for mm -hmm. um, where it's a high level of processed food a high level of refined food high level of refined sugar um trans fats um you know these things do not support our bodies to going back to the, the word to work optimally um and i i think that there are some subtle differences in terms of our genetic makeup when it comes to black people and other and other groups. Um, so there could be a, an argument for, you know, those foods kind of affecting us in different ways. Um, there are studies also to show that Mexicans in America, for example, suffer higher rates of type two diabetes and obesity, eating the standard American diet as well. So um, yeah, there are some differences in the way that you know, those foods kind of affect our, affect us, um, mm -hmm. affect us genetically or affect the way that they operate in the body. And I think that this plays a major role. Um, also, you know, generally the, the sedentary lifestyle that we lead in the, in the West, where we're sitting at computers, we're sitting in cars, we're sitting in offices, we're sitting on buses and trains and things like this, which, you know, the physical activity or the physical movement is, is really lacking. Um, when it comes to womb health issues such as fibroids um, and I would say actually type 2 diabetes I think that lifestyle when it comes to stress going back to that plays a part as well yeah. so um, you could you know there is an argument for saying that black people black women in particular um, do deal with high amounts of stress because of we're, we're dealing with the stress of normal day-to-day -day life that everybody else deals with but also you know we are dealing with 
stresses in the workplace, possibly microaggressions, possibly this thing that I was talking about where you're in environments where you just don't feel like you belong. And that brings a level of stress as well. Having to kind of, you know, the code switching, the conforming, the kind of, the just level of, I guess, thinking that goes on or the heightened awareness that goes on, you know, being a black person in the UK can add to the stress as well. And again, that, that then contributes to things like type two diabetes, um, blood pressure, but also when it comes to womb health issues as well, because, you know, women, we do tend to hold um, negative emotions, trauma and pain in our womb and around Mm -hmm. our hips. Um, So in yoga, they'll talk about doing hip openers and and not, you know, trying to remove that level of tension from the hips. Um, So that, again, can play a part when it comes to our womb health and and womb health issues. And um, I would also say another point is, you know, the level of, and this is more kind of intuition talking and um, I don't think there's been so much scientific research around it. But, you know, as women, as feminine beings, you know, we are here to one of our roles anyway is to create life and give birth to things so that doesn't necessarily have to be a child but you know how many ideas are we giving life to how how are we creatively expressing ourselves how are we yeah just giving birth and giving life to things and that that level of creativity um many of us aren't aren't creative in that way um we have ideas that we maybe hold on to or, or mm-hmm. feel confident enough to to give birth to them but I, I do think that that plays a role in some of the energetically anyway in some of the health issues that we can experience as as women and as black women in particular um just trying to think if i have anything else to add. yeah and the other thing i would say is just going back to that is you know there is a level of there can be a level of stagnation when it in in the womb as well so we're talking about blood flow to the womb and then that is to do with movement so we you know many of us or a lot of us do exercise which is which is fine and good but how many of those movements are centered around the hips and the pelvis mm. and the womb and getting back to that kind of um those kind of feminine movements that you know sometimes you do see in kind of traditional african dance yeah. or you know caribbean dance where it's all about the waist and the hips you know yeah. so just getting removed and that's been really sexualized yeah. and where we come from mm. okay then i know that modern iterations of it and people see video footage from carnivals and things like that mm. but actually in its origin it was expression it wasn't yeah. something i know that european people that weren't used to it when they came over to colonize and subjugate and all the rest of it that was seen as sexualized but mm-hmm. amongst ourselves that wasn't sexualized until yeah. we had european influences yeah 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 exactly exactly and yeah a level of kind of shutting that movement down or shutting down any any kind of expression from the hips and the waist and the the pelvic area um and yeah so going back to you know the creativity and the giving birth to life and ideas and and um, expression combined with that movement and um yeah that, that movement and energy of the the pelvic area and the hips and things you know there i think there is a level of stagnation both in blood flow but also energetically that then can contribute to some of the issues that we see as well Claudine so so many things but something oh so many things I'm just thinking about the way that race sits on top of the way we're taught to suppress ourselves as women Mm. so we have that as you just said 
we are born to breathe life, to, to give birth, mm. not necessarily from our wombs, but mm. because of the way we're made, we are made to give birth. So we're often told about not showing off, not being too big, not being too much. So we've got that as, as mm. women. Yeah. Then we've got the black on top. You don't want to be seen as aggressive. You don't yeah. want to be seen like a certain type of black person. Yeah. You don't want to be seen as not being uh, intelligent enough. You yeah. don't want to be judged. So I know somebody that worked in a corporate um, environment and she pretended she didn't have social media. Like I don't, I don't, you know, necessarily think that your work people should be all over your social media, mm. but she pretended that she didn't have social media when people tried to ask her about adding her on uh, social media because she didn't want them to see how culturally black she truly is because she yeah. thought it would impact, well, because she knew it would impact how they relate to her at work and how she's seen at work. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that as well. <laughs> and, yeah. and the code switching. So I'm, I'm just thinking the code switching. So the code switching, to be perfectly clear, the code switching can be something as innocent as you want to laugh, but you're mindful about how big your laugh is. <laughs> Yes. because you don't want to take up too much space with your laugh yeah. that that is how mm -hmm. um minor yeah. code switching can be yeah. but the cumulative impact of doing that mm. has impacts us so i'm just thinking about all the people i know that have had or have fibroids mm. a common link with a lot of them is that they are big characters but mm -hmm. at work their big character needs to be refined right so now i'm thinking damn mm. those fibroids are all the laughs they hold in right. all the times they wanted to speak up but spoke around the issues exactly. all yeah. of the times that they had to be silent instead of instead of expressing not mm. not not necessarily anger but the ways that are upset can be perceived to be anger when that same expression in a white woman, for example, or even a Asian woman, because yeah. Asian women don't have the aggressive title mm -hmm. that we have, yeah. holding all of that in, yeah. that's, that's the fibroids right there. Yeah, 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 that's it, that's it. And, and you know, the, holding it in creates a level of, although it might not be overt, but creates a level of anger frustration resentment which is then the negative emotion that you could you can potentially be holding in your womb as well you know which is which is isn't helping the situation so yeah i i i mean it's interesting that's an interesting observation and i think there is definitely something in that but yeah definitely not being able to just express yourself um on a on a kind of practical level in in various environments that we're in but also yes like i said giving birth to those creative ideas as well um i think i think that definitely plays a point and i guess one other thing actually that comes to mind as you're speaking is another way that we might shrink ourselves and coming back to that kind of femininity uh feminine energy is i i mean i've seen it with myself and i've seen it with other people as well as black women is the clothes as well you know sometimes we might kind of um not want to be perceived in it as a sex as you know too sexual as a, or as a sexual being so therefore we'll cover up more or we won't wear certain things particularly in the work environment because it might highlight the hips or the 
the yeah. bump or the you know the breath and things like that and obviously we want to always present ourselves in a professional way but just again that's another thing that we have to think about consciously you know and um, even that notion of professional what do we really mean when we say that we need to pre present ourselves in a professional way mm -hmm. invariably we mean that we need to present ourselves in a way that is palatable to middle class white people really like that's yeah. that's that's the reality yeah. and also with that um i was on nova reed's podcast um in conversation with nova reed and we were talking about the way that we black and brown people have internalized white supremacy and mm. then judge ourselves harshly yeah in that way so yeah. there are there are I, I will even think you know fess up time own up time I remember being a teenager and really wanting blue highlights in my hair, mm. but not getting blue highlights in my hair because I was worried not just about being judged by other, uh, by, by white people, but also by black people that were quote unquote like me because yeah. the people that I knew of that got their hair in all sorts of different colors would be labeled as rude girls girls yeah. from the hood yeah you know yeah 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 and that was my own mm. internal life and, and that's that's something that's really important for us all to remember white supremacy is so gigantic and has yeah. been going on for so long you know the first slave ships arrived what in the 1600s there has been all that time to embed this notion of a racial hierarchy yeah. so we also have to unlearn definitely. and relearn our own ways definitely 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 and what you said actually reminds me of two situations actually when i was in the corporate environment where i really um had those conversations with myself about you know not being too much um not not being too and I'm using quotations mark here, but mm -hmm. to black, you know. Um, and I remember having a conversation with an Asian colleague and she she used to wear these lovely, fabulous clothes, red lipstick in the office, you know, she just looked amazing and she didn't conform to that corporate kind of look. And I used to say to her, oh my God, I love your style. You know, she goes, well, you know, you could, you could if you wanted to dress a lot like I could, like I do, you could do it as well. And I said, no, mm -hmm. you know, I can't do the, I can't do the red lips. It'll be too much, you know. Mm -hmm. And she kind of, she was my accountability partner to say, Claudine, if you want to wear your red lips, wear your red lips, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I remember being in another meeting with actually someone who was going for partner of the firm. And it was a, a white lady. And I remember looking at her nails and this woman had the longest nails of the brightest colours. And I thought to myself, I could never, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, that, that perception um, or my, well, my worries about the perception, you know, would be the, you know, typical black girl wearing the long nails and whatnot. But this woman... Went for a partner and she, you know, she, she, you could tell she was a bit of a, a flamboyant character anyway, but there was no concerns for her around, you know, the type of mouth she had. So, very she, and she had the privilege of being flamboyant. Yes, yes. Flam yes. Flamboyant, I, I know for sure, when um, prior to working in social work, even when I worked in a record company where flamboyance was, uh, encouraged mm. black people's flamboyance had to be a certain type of flamboyance so that you were not regarded as being some kind of rude girl right. aggressive right. so your flamboyance a, a flamboyant hippie great yes. 
a flamboyant person wearing lots of gold and perhaps having a gold tooth or something like that, a white or Asian person could have that level of flamboyance. Mm -hmm. But for a black person, that level of flamboyance was really challenging to have. Not just because of how we thought we were going to be perceived, also about the judgments that are made when you walk into a room. Like Mm -hmm. I know for certain, and this is the way like the microaggressions and and that, that invisible carbon monoxide alarm bell I talk about, I know that when I walk into a room, people, um, even black people, try to suss out what, in air quotes, type of black person I am. Yeah. And then decide whether or not they feel safe around me. I yeah. know it. Yeah. I have those yeah. experiences whereby people have said things like, you're so well spoken, or your vo- vocabulary is so broad, or classic. As a social worker, I was forever in uh, like my favorite court, Royal Court of Justice, lots of our high court cases were there. And I remember all the time and actually getting to a point where I enjoyed it, where judges and barristers for the opposition looked at me walking up with my Afro. Uh, Sometimes I had like a secret bit of sparkle, like maybe one of the inner pleats of my skirt had a bright color or sequins or something like I I sneaked it in. And, And, they would look settled. They would look content. They would almost look like, I'm not sure that this was the person that actually authored the report right. that the psychologist, psychiatrist, or whichever other expert asked me for permission to cut and paste into their report. And then I would start to speak and you'd see them sit up a little bit straighter and the judge would go from being slumped to actually turning and looking directly at me, not even paying attention to the other people and the barrister for the opposition would be like, right, okay, I can't rattle her. I I, I misjudged her. And I I can't remember who it was that said it. I think it was Oprah Winfrey who said something along the lines of one of the biggest gifts she has had is at being underestimated mm-hmm. but that being unestimate, underestimated whilst the pettiness in me enjoyed showing them that I know what I'm made of it's also gruelling and it also wears you down yes definitely, definitely it impacted my immune system for sure it was part of a cocktail yeah. that suppressed my immune system 100 yeah. percent yeah 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 because it, it feels like it's a, a constant battle battle yeah battle to actually to prove yourself and to prove your worth you know mm. so, yeah 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 claudine right so claudine mm. not proving but let, let's look at this as expressing claudine what has been the proudest moment in running your business um no well, holding back full yeah. expression <laughs> Okay. Um, so number one, I would say was winning the Precious Award um, last year. Um, that was an amazing moment, an amazing achievement, but an amazing moment just because um, there was very little confidence before, <laughs> before that, um, that I would win anything. And we, um, you had to fill in a kind of nomination form to, to be considered. And um, I remember someone involved in the... Um, involved in the precious family had encouraged me to to nominate myself and I said to her I don't really I don't really do that I haven't really done anything you know she goes no Claudine do it mm-hmm. and I thought well let's just give it a try you know and I started to fill in the nomination form thinking that I haven't really got anything to write on this form and as I was filling out the form I was like 
actually there's quite a bit here you know mm-hmm. and it's kind of it was a kind of you know like when you like work and do your annual appraisal and you're like what am I going to write on this form and then you start to write <laughs> it you're like actually you know I deserve a pay rise yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah submitted the form and again submitted it but didn't really think anything would come would come of it and then you know got the email to say that I was a, a, a runner-up and then attending the awards and becoming a winner was just amazing and it was gave me the kind of the validation I needed at that point that actually you know what you're doing is one is being seen and being recognized and acknowledged um I think those were the those are the key things because you know when you're working alone it can be you can feel like you're working in a silo and you can feel like um you don't really know you know where your outputs are going there's no measure That's it. Yeah. 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 Um, so definitely, you know, working with my clients is, is rewarding and seeing them kind of um, grow and progress and, and, you know, manage their health issues is definitely rewarding. But yeah, there is there is very little feedback or measure out, outside of that. So that was definitely a validation point. Um, and I would say if I can add another one. Girl, the floor's <laughs> yours. Um, I would say also I... I um, ran an event called Nourish Well and Balanced last year in October. Um, in a really and, fancy place. Yes, yeah, it was in um, a space in East India, near Canary Wharf, um, the ninth floor of a beautiful building, lots of natural light, lots of soft, comfy sofas. Um, and I had run events before that, but this one was one that kind of, you know, when you have a vision in your mind of what you want something to be, and then you, you, you're there and you're actually seeing your vision come to life. That's what it was for me. Um, so I had a, a beautiful building. I had um, some lovely women that came along to, to support. I had um, lovely women involved. I had a yoga teacher. I had a life coach. I had um, a, a, someone who does Reiki um, and energetic healing. And we had um, catering. We had goodie bags, you know, um, that were from sponsors. So it was just my vision kind of come to life and it was challenging as well because um I was working with somebody else on it and we decided that she wouldn't be involved anymore so it came to a point like maybe a week before the event where I was thinking I was going to say one word but I'm not going to say it (laughs) I need to sell this amount of tickets for this event to be viable and really out my comfort zone and go hard with marketing and you know just reaching out to people and things and you know to be able to come out at the other end and actually fulfill the vision that I had I just yeah it made me feel really really proud wonderful love it love it love it um so Claudine how can people that are curious about anything that you shared or people that are like you know what lockdown or not it's about time I actually uh take some responsibility for my health and work with an expert rather than Googling everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you have available for people and where can they find you? Okay. So um, people can find me on, I'm mainly active on Instagram. So my Instagram is at Claudine J Thornhill nutrition. Um, and also my website, which is claudinethornhill.com. In terms of what I've got coming up, I have been inspired by um, recent events. Um, with the George Floyd uh, murder um, mm-hmm. and looking at how I can better serve communities. So um, one thing I'm working on is a hormone balancing recipe book that people can just download from my website for free. So I'm kind of getting 
stuck into that right now and mm-hmm. um, so that should be available on my website to download and I'll probably put it on my social media as well so that people can when you do send me the link and I'll update the show notes so anybody that's coming to this later on can download too yeah yeah um and then also and this is the first time I'm kind of saying this out loud and putting it out there I will be offering um a number of free consultations to black and brown women um, who are dealing with um, womb health issues. So that will include a, consult, a full consultation of about an hour and it would include your own nutrition plan and meal plan as well. Um, so yeah, I just want to offer that to the community as well. That's for- really, really generous, Claudine. Mm-hmm. I hope that people hold it closely and take action. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, and then finally, I would say one one new thing that I've added to my services is testing as well. So um, testing is something that I've wanted to add to what I do for a little while, but it was just finding the right provider and one that would give me and give my clients the most comprehensive um, level of information that I could find. Um, so yeah, recently added to my list of services is testing, which comes from Functional DX. And it's a really comprehensive test that will not only show women um, information around their hormonal balance and what, what might be out of sync but also in terms of nutrient profile and how they can best optimize their diet to support their own genetic mine me up <laughs> do you know why i think you know when i saw that on your website i was like right this is what i need because quite often Uh, Well, my experience of nutritional therapy has been, I've had blood tests analyzed, but those blood tests have been for specific things. There hasn't been anything holistic. So even though I'm not doubting the expertise of those nutritional therapists and naturopaths, but it is a little bit of guesswork. Mm. Whereas the blood work that you're doing is a very comprehensive way. So the nutritional advice you can give is much more targeted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the good thing about it is because you can, um, there are tests available in the market that people can access themselves as as normal kind of lay people. Um, so, you know, company like Thriver and things like that. Um, but what's good about this test is that it's only available to professionals. Um, but it also, the way that the information the way that the information is presented is is the way that actually I could give you a section of the report and you can take it away for yourself. And that can be something you can refer to over and over again, you know, whether it's months later, a year later, because it's actually based on your DNA profile, but written in a way that, you know, the individual can understand as well. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, I will make sure that the link to your website so people can explore all of that is in uh, the show notes as well as your um, uh, Instagram uh, handle yeah. uh, so before we close up Claudine what does everyday joy mean to Claudine J Thornhill um, everyday joy for me it means having a level of freedom uh, to be able to live authentically um, I have I'm also proud that I've cultivated a life where I can kind of earn a decent income and spend time doing what I want which is actually taking care of my health and well-being you know I I get nourishment from that um so everyday joy is is having the freedom to be able to make choices that best serve you um and whether it is that you know whether it is that you 
maintain your your job in your career but also being able to have that space for everything else that you want to give birth to like we said <clears throat> whether it is just spending that additional time with your family whether it is birthing ideas whether it is gardening cooking whatever it is but just having that freedom to make choices around how you spend your time I love that I love that. I've, I've even written it down. I love it so much. Claudine, thank you so much for your time. This has been uh, informative. It has been, it's, been, it's felt really comforting. It's really, you know, especially with what we're experiencing at the moment, it's really lovely to be able to have a conversation that talks speaks to the issue without activating it's actually been like quite a comforting healing conversation so thank you so very much conversation thank you for having me on it was yeah it was glad to be i was glad to be here thank you brilliant brilliant claudine thank you so much take care you too bye bye thank you for listening to 360 conversations i appreciate you sharing your precious time with my guest and i I hope you found the episode useful. I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review my podcast like an increasing number of our digital experiences, the algorithms rule. Your feedback will assist me reaching a wider audience and I'd really love to have more women being privy to or joining these conversations. The feedback I get following each episode is beautiful and tells me more women could benefit. As always, I'd love to keep the conversation going. You can join me by commenting on the podcast show notes on my website or via social media at Live360. I hope to engage with you soon. Podcast produced by me, Tammy Thomas. Podcast music produced by James Anderson. Take care.